So welcome to Thrive, your agency resource. There are certainly a lot of perceptions and assumptions out there as to what an agency should be. So today we're talking about why one size doesn't fit all agencies. And my guest is Maggie Patterson, who is the owner and editorial director of Scoop Studios in Ottawa. Maggie, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to talk with you. Thank you so much for having me, Kelly. I cannot wait for this conversation because I know what's coming. (laughs) Well, you told me that when you started your agency about six years ago, you and your business partner actually lived in different countries. So you had to figure it out. You had to uh, essentially look at a different way uh, than all of the other agencies that you had seen around you. Can you talk a little bit about that and the the emerging um, start of the business? Yeah, so we had been in this you know, collaborative relationship for quite some time where I would do work for her, she would do work for me. And one day we were having this conversation. And I was like, you know, I am going to start an agency. And she looked at me and she said, me too. And we had such a great working relationship that we spent, oh, we literally spent a full year planning out what it would look like to come together. So it wasn't like a hasty decision because mm-hmm. we had a lot of, there's a lot of complexity, you know, we have cross border issues we also had, you know, team members on our, that we were already working with that were, you know, distributed. So we were like, okay, how are we going to make this work? And, you know, she's in Indiana, I'm in Ontario. It's very messy. Uh, So we had to do a lot of planning, but, you know, we had a very interesting experience in that a lot of people were like, wait, you can't do that. Or how does that work? Mm -hmm. But, you know, once people kind of got over that or like, Oh, look at us. We're blazing a new path for something that people don't typically do. And, you know, we had a really strong working relationship for two and a half years and some personal circumstances uh, resulted in her exiting the business. It was the most amicable business breakup in all time, which is another thing, you know, we often see the co-founders of an agency having a big, you know, creative difference. And then they've, we're still really, really good friends. We talk almost every day. So, um, you know, there's so many different ways we can do this, whether that be cross-border or how we're exiting our co-owner relationship. Yeah, it sounds like a conscious uncoupling to me. <laughs> yes, um, I mean, I w- I'll be honest, I was a little angry for about two days. And then I was like, okay, I can see this is the best thing for you. And I, as your friend, I'm going to put that relationship first and support you. And I will figure out what we're going to do next with the agency now with you exiting. Yeah. So that brings us to this next idea of, you know, figuring out what to do with the agency, right? Um, you and I sort of both have this, this um, rub around do-it-yourself boot camps, and we see these ads coming up on Facebook and, and Instagram and all these different things for these sort of what we might even call fear-based, um, uh, even exploitative, profit-over-people courses. And, you know, these ads and these these things that are out there are really focusing on the idea that a, a, an agency leader, an agency owner is a practitioner first and doesn't actually know how to run the business. Um, so let's start to dispel some of those myths um, about why those actually don't work for most agencies, let alone um, trying to make them work for all agencies. Yeah, I love this question. It's something that is actually a big reason I personally started mentoring agency owners because mm-hmm. I was working with a lot of freelancers, a lot of people who are progressing, and they kept coming to me saying, Should I do this boot camp? And I was like, No, don't do this boot camp. And you know, the reasons I had when we would have those conversations for, you know, don't do this boot camp was 
Do you understand that this is just the kind of get rich quick scheme that's being hustled by the bro marketers and online business people? You know, maybe we've exhausted the extent of the course market. So now we're going to start going after agency owners and the blueprint they are pitching is very like, like you said, exploitative. It's, about making as much money as possible. It's about getting you to your seven figures while you sleep kind of mentality. And it's tapping into the worst parts of us as agency owners. So many of us start our businesses as agency owners, as you said, like practitioners, you know, I'm a copywriter, I'm a content marketer. I didn't necessarily have all the skills to start an agency. Now I will say I was, I did have a leg up because I did work in an agency for a long time. I did have, you know, partnered with many agencies as a freelancer. So I had a really good idea of all the things I didn't want to do when I started my own agency. And I think that's part of the reason I was just kind of like rule book and knowing that those blueprints weren't there. But I think, I don't know, you've really got to watch for those signs of like, does this sound too good to be true? How does this make me feel? Do I trust this person? And, you know, what kind of business model are they personally running? If you can look at them and their agency and be like, hey, they're actually hiring $3 an hour, you know, people on their team in the Philippines. Ew, that's not the type of business model I want to run because most of us are doing this in a place where it's not just about us acquiring wealth. It's about, you know, really having a team that benefits from the collective efforts of the agency as, you know, the entire company, not just you as the owner. So Oh, there's so much to unpack there, Kelly. I know, I know. We could spend an hour just on that alone. But um, I want to actually build on something that you said, because I think it's important. Um, You were talking about, do I trust this person, right? When you're looking at those things as a way to vet it. I think it's, do I trust this person? And then also, do I trust my own intuition, right? Because that then sort of leads to this idea that um, we as agency owners, right? And you, you mentor agency owners as well. So you know this, um, we can give them permission to create the agency that they want, not necessarily following a blueprint of what everyone else is doing. Clearly COVID has, has made that more true than ever before, right? Because now we had to be remote teams for the last year, probably another six months at least. Um, but yeah, it's like trusting that that you have the ability to do whatever you want. You can create literally the agency that you want in terms of the type of team, where they're located, the service offerings. We'll get into that in a minute. But talk a little bit about more of this. And and one of the one of the reasons why more clients, um, from what you're seeing, are actually more open to working with these micro agencies, as we're calling them. Yeah, I, I I could not like personally, I could not be more excited about this because I was like, oh, things are changing. I've been waiting. Um, and the changes we're seeing, you know, obviously COVID has changed everything in terms of remote teams. And I know you've talked about that a ton already on the podcast. But the other things that are happening are um, companies are a little more budget conscious. So they're willing to look at alternatives to where are they paying for extra layers and layers of management and complication in these big agencies. I mean, I come from a big agency. I know exactly what that looks like. Uh, They're looking for ways to, you know, have people that are very involved in the account team, not these big teams where they're training the juniors. They're looking for people who are the best at their craft, not necessarily the biggest, 
or the flashiest agency that's going to send them the really fancy Christmas gift. I think there's a greater willingness and understanding to embrace that. And I think, you know, I'm seeing with some of my clients that own agencies, it's like opportunities that I literally two years ago could never have imagined would be on the table. And I know we've seen that for us, our team too. Like, I'm always like, is this really happening? <laughs> like the quality and the caliber of the companies that will come to us, um, a lot of the things have just been stripped away that would have been a barrier. To, they don't need to come to our office. They're okay with us being distributed. They're okay with us specializing in one specific thing. You know, a lot of those rules have just been like literally burnt down. And that really works for us as, you know, small or micro agency owners. Yeah. I'm actually seeing the same thing with my agency clients. So that all checks out. Let's face it. Agency life looks very different than ever before. Remote and hybrid teams need better tools to help them communicate and access files, track their time, manage client budgets, and more. If you believe that it's time to streamline things once and for all, Workamajig is the all-in-one agency management platform built to help you do just that. Head over to workamajig.com forward slash thrive to learn more. Back to the show. To that end, though, can you actually share an example of how sort of giving uh, permission to a client really led to a substantial impact for them? So one of my clients I mentor, I always think of her because she runs a very similar agency to what I do. She does content marketing. And she was struggling with something I had struggled with years before was the, I have to do everything. And the perfect example was she had these clients who wanted video production and she's she's no interest. She's a writer. She's just like, I can write your scripts. But she got embroiled in managing like, independent contractors and video shoots on location and illustrate, you know, illustrators doing animations. And she was like, dear God. And she came to me and she's like, Maggie, I can't do this anymore. I was like, so don't. Right. And she was like, but, but I was like, wrap up the contracts you have and you no longer offer the service. And like the second she did that, you could see the weight was lifted. We've all been there as agency owners. The thing that's like kind of tethering us down, yeah. the weight was lifted and she discovered that those services were not profitable. They were draining so much of her time that she didn't have time to run the business. And then from there, a lot of things were able to open up for her. And Mm -hmm. she, after that, started cutting out different things. And I'm always forever encouraging people to be like, do you really like that service? Because every time you talk about it, get this look on your face. (laughs) And and so just to turn that back on you for a second, um, you actually did that in your own agency, right? I mean, I know I did it when I had my agency. We cut social media marketing and management. I was like, it's not profitable, four quarters in a row. Like, we hate doing it, done. But what did you do in your agency? Yeah, so it's been a wild adventure. But um, one of the things we did is we started off full service, like I think so many of us do, because we think so no one's going to hire me if I don't offer all the things. Ooh, so we ooh, were- can you pause and say that again? So it really lands with people because this is a myth. <laughs> Yeah, we think that people are not going to hire us if we don't do all the things, that we have to be good at all the things when really you can't be good at all the things. So, you know, we started off with websites. I don't like website projects. They're long. They always go over budget. I don't like them. But we were doing them because we thought we had to. And we did a lot of websites and I hated every one of them. You know, we did, we were doing a lot of tech setup, a lot of email marketing management, a lot of integrations on things. And I was just like this is not for us. Um, So we basically exited 
<laughs> an entire half of our business, anything to do with tech and web, we were like, bye. So we only do content marketing now and specifically not just content marketing, but content production focusing on blogs. Mm-hmm. Because I like you, I don't want to do social media management. It's not profitable. We are writers and that's what we do best. So we can come up with your strategy and help you execute that strategy. And a lot of times this means we don't go into certain opportunities. Like I had an amazing RFP for a company I'm like just could not wait to work with. But I was like, hey, it's not a fit, maybe later. And, you know, director of content and I had a great chat and I know there'll be an opportunity in the future because I was honest with her versus, you know, kind of contorting us to get to meet the the requirements of the RFP because I like them so much. Yeah, that's a great point too. I think um, we we recently talked about the RFP process and all the the inherent issues with that. But one of the things that came out of that conversation with Sophia Story was really around this idea of advocating for yourself, right? Like saying, again, this is in line with one size doesn't fit all for agencies. We could say that about RFPs too. And that's inherently why that process is broken because you're trying to um, have have people bid on something that where there's very little creativity, it's very self-prescriptive, there's a, an allocated budget, you know, all of these different things. But what I hear you saying is that you advocated for yourself, you stood up for your company, and you did not have the fear of, um, hey, we probably are not going to get this client if we don't say that we can do everything, right? And so what that does is it tells you that or tells your team that you trust them, right? It it does so many things for the agency. Um, and at the end of the day, that director that you talked to respected you for it and will absolutely come back and say, okay, now we understand that when we need your particular services, we will yeah. come back for that service, right? So yeah, let's let's start to wrap up around that idea because I think that's really important here. So I think this goes back to almost where you were talking about a few minutes ago with trust and self-trust is, and I talk about this a ton, like in every aspect of my life, not just in business, but how do we say, Hey, you know what, this isn't the best opportunity. And just knowing that there will be another opportunity. Um, I think one of the funniest lessons for me of 2020 was, you know, I had the initial like COVID client drop off where it was like three clients freaked out and they were like, ah, our budgets, guess what? They all came back. But, you know, through 2020, I was just like, you know what, I could, we have a choice as a team and we talked about it at length. It was like, we can start to chase opportunities that are not a fit, or we can have faith that this will work out because it always has worked out. So trusting in the skills you and your team have, trusting your team to collaborate with you on decisions, and then trusting your own instincts as a business owner and as an agency owner you just have to constantly build that muscle because we don't just show up fully formed and go, Hey, you know what? I'm really good at making every single decision. And some of the decisions are going to feel hard at the time, but I'm never, you know, Kelly, I've never looked back and been like, Oh, that I regret doing that. Like whenever I just lean into trusting myself, trusting my team, it always does work out. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. Uh, For me, it sounds like Um, you you called it faith. I think I would call it um, a healthy detachment from the idea of needing the business, right? I think that's a really hard thing for agency owners to really embody because it does take courage. It does take bravery to say, hey, we're not the right fit for you. Or, 
man, there's a ton of money on the table, but like, it's just not the right fit for our vertical or our team or our skill set or, you know, our, our core strengths, whatever it might be. Um, years ago, I don't know if I've actually even shared this story um, on the show before, but years ago we had uh, Johnson and Johnson come to us uh, when I had the agency and they wanted us to build something for their pharmaceutical sales reps. And literally the woman said to me on the phone, we want you to build this, this, tablet application, uh, iPad application for these sales reps so that they feel like they are selling something that is going to be good, that is going to be beneficial. And the way that she said it, just like it, it stuck Mm. with me. And I was like, it's a, it was a ton of money. I mean, it was a, an enormous amount of money, probably one of the top three largest projects that had come into the agency um, as a lead. And I remember saying, hey, can I take the weekend to think about it? And I came in on Monday and it was very clear. It was very clear, right? If it's not a definite yes, it's a definite no. And we passed on the project and she's very similar to your story about the director. She said, I really respect your decision. And uh, by the way, you're not, you're like the fifth agency to give me that same response. So it just goes to show you that you really you stick with the integrity and your core values of your agency and you will always make the right decision. Yeah. And I mean, you're also probably going to make some not so great decisions along the way sure. that will remind you, like we've all had those situations of the money is there. We could use the money. It would help us meet our goal or whatever it is, you know, the, the motivator for that. And then we do it. And then we have deep, deep regret. Like I have definitely done that. And it will never happen again because I just can't, I don't have it in me. My mental health, the sanity of my team, the hard boundaries there, just no, no. And I've learned that the hard way. Yeah. Well, I would love to to end with that note um, in terms of boundaries, because I think the better our boundaries are, the more successful we are as leaders and as agencies. So Maggie, thank you so much for joining me on the show. I really, really love this conversation. Thank you so much for having me. This episode has been brought to you by Workamajig, the number one creative agency management software. Show notes at thrive.workamajig.com. Find out how your creative agency can become more productive and more profitable. Schedule your demo at thrive.workamajig.com.